This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. We're back. Um, kind of an uneventful couple of days for the Habs. There was the NHL draft combine. There was the Bill Masterton, which we'll talk about. But other than that, not a lot. So might be a more brief episode episode today uh, until we get that uh, Stanley Cup final matchup. But first and foremost, Corey, how are you, buddy? How you been? I'm doing okay. Uh Kind of like you're saying, it's it's really just um, the only two series left. Uh, the Masterton, not not a lot to talk about, but I think there was some some big moments in the since since we've talked, uh, especially revolving these these two series that are going on right now. Um, I guess before we get into that, I mean, how are you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing pretty good. I played a couple of rounds of golf since we last spoke. Had my best round of the year, actually. Nice. Unfortunately, I only played nine, nine holes, though. I was a little mm. upset. But I shot 33, 36 on a par 33. So I was pretty fucking gassed about that. Nice. Um, oh, yeah, man. Then the next day, next day, I played the same course and shot a 53. So golf is a miraculous confusing game that i can't wrap my head around but so you no, were a, you were a plus three the day that you played the, the good day? yeah I was, okay i was a plus three shot my first birdie of the year i've only been out six times hadn't shot a bird yet this season uh yeah i just i don't know just had the greatest game of my life went out the next day of course the same course too uh-huh. and just fucking shit the bed shot 53 through nine. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, but that's golf. Golf is a cruel, brutal game and I don't understand it, but I'm addicted <laughs> to it. I heard that. Um, yeah, no, I had, uh, pretty uneventful for me just working a little bit. Um, I did go hang out with Dave. Like I showed you, I sent you, uh, He's been working on his out, outdoor spot so he can watch hockey at night. Um, pretty sick. I'm loving the new the new deck. I'm sure it's going to get to a point to where there's like no grass in his backyard. It should be an entire wooden deck from the house to the, you know, his little shotgun house to his backyard loft, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, let's um let's get into the the Masterton. I honestly. A bit surprised by it. I really thought that this was going to go to um, what's his name, um, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, yeah, I, I really did to to be to lose your brother and a former NHL player and his you know his best friend his entire life basically, and uh, and then to still like compose yourself and come back and and still play out your season, you know, amongst getting hurt and then finding a way to get back and stuff like that. I really did think it was just heavily in his favor. Um, I'm I'm very happy Carey Price won it. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. It's, it's such a tough, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough award, you know, it, it always comes from just battling adversity and, um, 
you know, Price, they, they talked to him on a Zoom call after. It, it's like a little nine-minute talk. He's just chilling at the house. Um, you know, he just said it was a special honor for him. He's grateful to receive the award. Um, you know, said it's a special list of players that have, that have won this. And they've, you know, uh, he's got a ton of respect for those guys and grateful to be part of that. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's a, like, I'm not going to sit here and say one player deserved it more over another because it's, it's basically an award that tries to quantify a person's suffering. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's kind of a little messed up, but I, I think Price definitely did deserve this because he did overcome a lot of challenges this year, not only in injuries, but, you know, trade and trade, like possibly getting traded, possibly getting drafted by Seattle, overcoming his addiction to opioids or pain medication. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's opioids, so mm-hmm. maybe we're wrong there, but he went through a lot here. And yeah, it's good to see that he um, gets recognized, I guess, for the challenges he overcame. But like you said, like, I think Kevin Hayes um, definitely could have been deserving of the Bill Masterton as well. Um, the only thing I really want to talk about on it is the um, <clears throat> omittance of price from the ballot of any French reporters. There were only two Montreal Canadians, like, would you say like focused reporters that actually mm-hmm. had him on their ballot angles and our So all the French media fucking guys, the TV, sports, La Presse, none of them had price on their ballot. And they, I saw, um, what was it? I saw Mark Dumont who was formerly of the athletic now working for the Canadians. Someone pointed it out to him and he said, wow, it was shocking. And these fucking vultures from La Presse, Richard, uh, what's his name? Richard La, La something. And just uh, the other, they all come attacking, circling him. Look, I think there are a lot of amazing people in this fan base, but I'm not sure if you saw that. I just thought that was disgusting. No, I didn't. Um, this is the first of hearing about it. Uh, I it, well, it, they, their, their, their justification for it was stupid, too. They didn't want it, basically saying, oh, he hasn't suffered like just stupid shit. Like, like he didn't under, suffer more than the other people. Like, like trying. No, but trying to say like they, they're not homers. They're not fanboys. They're not like mm-hmm. they have a they have a bone to pick with Carey Price because he wouldn't answer their question. here. Yeah. And. It's a difficult subject in Canada, this especially right now. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Corey. There is a a battle going on in Quebec right now with some I I would call prejudiced laws. Um, the the French Premier um, and the French current sitting French government imposing, I believe it's called Bill ninety six a bunch of other laws in which basically restrict Anglo Anglo speak Anglo rights, um, mm-hmm. English speaking rights in Quebec. Look, this has been a difficult topic for a very long time. And I think this is kind of, what do you want to say? Feeding into it. There, there's some strife right now in um, uh, um, Quebec. I'll say, I wanted, I was going to say, French speaking Canada, but a lot of Quebec is English speaking. Mm-hmm. And I just think that like seeing this really, really disheartens me because like we, I said, I don't really like the idea that we quantify someone's suffering, but for them to just be petty and look like you look at the Selkie that just got released today, the Boston area writers weren't afraid to put Patrice Bergeron on their ballot because they were accused of being homers, okay? Like, say what you want. I think Price is deserving of being on your ballot. And of the top three guys who are remaining, like Chara, Hayes, and Price, like, he should be there. And I don't know, just seeing what, seeing the comments they're making on Twitter and and posting, like, articles and stuff about it, it was just fucking Mm -hmm. disgusting. And it just feeds into how kind of my distaste for 
a lot of these French reporters the last couple of years who just seem to despise everything this organization does um, and everything about it. It's just weird to me. Like, I, I agree you shouldn't blindly fucking root for everything the organization does. You should be critical thinking and you should be outspoken on whether you agree or disagree with things. That's your job as a journalist. But to simply run a smear campaign about an organization that you're supposed to be a fan of and that you're not, maybe not even a fan, but that you're supposed to cover, like, it's just fucking ridiculous. And at this point, I don't really have any time for it. I just, I'm sorry for the little rant. I just had to fucking say something because it's just, I don't know. Like, I'm sure people have seen it and hear it from the French. It's just gross. I hate it. And I'm tired of it. And I mm -hmm. wish that they would just crawl back into the little fucking dens of wherever the fuck they crawl out of because they're, they're weasels. They're snakes in the grass. And I have no time for that. No, I, I understand. Um, I don't, I guess it's, it's not funny that you brought it up. Um, and it's not like on to what you talked about, but they did uh, within whoever talked to Gary Price in a Zoom meeting. Uh, obviously, they brought up his injury and recovery and, and trying to get like trying to milk some more out of him. Um, and just like Gary Price says, you know, he kind of stonewalls him. You know, he says, uh, you know, there's nothing really new to get brought up. You know, he's taking his, his time, but uh, he's about to start ramping things up to get, you know, uh, prepared for next season, basically what he does every year. But um, I know it's like a genuinely okay question to ask. Um, I just feel like, like you were saying, like um, they've hunted Price all season uh, for this main question. Um, and um, it's just – Maybe it's not the biggest thing. I just felt maybe not the the right one to ask during this this specific type of uh, award. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. It, you know, it could just be my opinion. Um, I just felt like it was just like like the most important question they had circled was making sure that they asked that one to see if they could get something out of him, since he was so um, you know to himself and and just trying to deal with it his own way this year um but um yeah, man, fucking moving on um well and sorry just yeah, to no, no, no. clarify the the two i'm talking about in particular mm -hmm. are simone or simone lorang i don't know how to pronounce his last name and richard lebay you two are fucking snake like you're not journalists you're just pieces of shit and to go after like what really pissed me off and the reason this set me up <laughs> our friend of the show matt drake um basically tweeted out like in response to simon was just going after mark dumont tweeted out a very minor thing like kind of like just like stop and this guy at like fucking at Habs eyes on the prize like the main account says you guys okay with this like trying to snitch on like you're a grown-ass man like, just shut the fuck up. Sorry. That just, like, you two are despicable. You're not journalists. And I don't know. I'm just tired of it. Like, you see you see people acting like clowns on social media and using their platform for long enough. And at some point, you just have to say enough's enough. So, right. I fucking, I hope, you know, the press looks at this and see. You're trying, you're trying to say a guy's not acting professional and you come out here and you're fucking trying to snitch on him to his boss. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is a podcast. I don't have to act professional. I can tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> but like you said, anyway, being swiftly onwards because <laughs> I think I've said my piece. There. We don't need to focus on that much more. Yeah. Um. What do you want to talk about next? We can talk about the combine or we can talk about... Well, yeah, let's get into the combine. Project. Let's let's go into the combine a little bit. Um, I didn't get to see any of it, but I'm sure you got to get your eyes on it. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm like a picture me as a fan. I'm excited to hear uh, any combine chatter. Cool, yeah. So, <laughs> NHL combine. Um, 
just recently concluded and it was i don't want to say anti anticlimactic because it always is it's always the results are kind of like iffy i find you know a lot of the time you'll have players who do really really well at the combine Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any statistics that actually show how much the correlation between top combine results and top production, top talent in the NHL is. But I do find the interviewing process in particular very interesting. And we had some interesting um, responses from a couple players and some interesting information provided to us. So first and foremost, we learned that Apparently, the Montreal Canadiens have had developed in a reputation over the weekend um, for being the toughest interview, or sorry, over the week for being the toughest interview. They had some difficult questions, and players were coming out of there being a little confused. Like, you know what I mean? Like, apparently, it was a tough interview, mm-hmm. which I fucking love because, you know, we've learned that. Um, we've heard organizations in the past, like Steve Iserman apparently was a very, t- always a very tough interview. And they, they're kind of, they, we've learned that Montreal's kind of overhauled their scouting department. They brought in, you know, people, some sports psychiatrists, stuff like that. So I think it's cool to find that, you know, Montreal is what I perceive is doing well. We're being very thorough in their process. They interviewed a lot of players we heard. So that's also good. They're keeping their options open. It was great, too, because we also got some great quotes from the projected top three players, um, the most polarizing of which, Corey, one of your personal favorites, Slavkovsky. Um, let me tell you, this guy wants to go first overall. Um, some <laughs> of the comments he came out with were just spectacular. Um, my personal favorite, quote, playing with Caulfield and Suzuki would be the perfect fit in my mind. They're two relatively small players, so I'd make sure to give them space and take care of completing, com- complementing their games. Yes, I've already thought about all of this. <laughs> what a statement from him. Now, I think I, I, this is just, I guess, like a, a little, you know, something in between before we continue on. I feel like we can really see, like, this is confidence, but this is definitely the confidence surpassing the cockiness spectrum. Whereas how we were talking about that, uh, that Shane Wright sits really, really well balanced on the confidence spectrum. Um, that is such a cocky statement for someone that just truly believes and is wanting to make a statement, you know, because that, like you're, you're <laughs> I'm sure in these meetings, you know, you're trying to answer the things the right way or the, the way you want to be perceived. And this kid knows exactly how he wants to be perceived. And it's to, to prove a point, you know, like fucking I'm going to get picked overall first overall. That's how I'm perceiving it in myself. I know where I could I would be the glue guy for you. This is the type of things like like I've already done the work. I know where I'd fit in your team like. I love that. I'm not gonna lie. Like I that's super fucking cocky. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I love that. Um this is a Euro well, guy he, saying he this. Here. He's got oh, exactly he's a Euro guy and he's saying this stuff, which I find when the, I funny, feel like they're normally also, very reserved. Well, he's also he's also Slavic. Okay. He's from Slovakia. And what I learned from living with a Slovakian person or not a Slovak, a Slav, a Slavic mm-hmm. person for the last eight months, they tell you what's on their mind. <laughs> awesome. So it actually doesn't really surprise me. Okay. But it's funny that you call that confident cocky or sorry, that, um, shit, that statement cocky. Um, because his next one I think is even better. He said, they asked him, why would the Canadians make you the first overall pick? And Slavkovsky's response was, because I can score, pass, hit, and play defensively. In <laughs> fact, I can do anything, and I'm exactly the kind of guy Montreal oh, needs no. to integrate into its organization. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think I think we're tiptoeing pretty close to uh, to nails. <laughs> 
to his, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've, uh, if you remember when um, Yakupov played, I think it was Canada in the, uh, in world juniors, his statements after, I think we're, we're getting a little close, close to the level of cockiness there. <laughs> But, mm, but but honestly, they do they do speak it. real raw. Know, they do speak real raw. I think there's a difference with with him. And it, by no means do I think he's he's going to turn out like Nail Yakupov. This kid's a monster. Like he's massive, and he's not like he might not be the fastest fucking kid, and he's definitely not the the goofiest footed kid. Like he he has some balance, and you know he kind of knows but what he's doing. People, people forget about Yakupov too. Most teams didn't have him first overall. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about Slavkovsky's comments is that it seemed to have kind of sparked some responses from Shane Wright. <laughs> Shane Wright started <laughs> making some comments. And um, he had some great stuff to say, too. Not obviously, and I think it's interesting. I'll I'll sit, I'll tell you what he says, and then I'll kind of make my point. So they asked Shane Wright on the players he would like to play with um, in Montreal. His response was Cole Caulfield, all centers dream of playing with a scorer like him and Brendan Gallagher for his extraordinary and contagious passion. And he also said, where is, let me just quickly had it written down here. Um, fuck, where is it? Sorry about that. He said, oh, here we go. They asked him about, um, the opportunity to, they're asking about a bunch of stuff with the Habs. And then he had a message for, um, Habs fans. And he said, if I have the opportunity to play for your team, I will give you everything I have. I want to give you championships, plural. I will do everything to achieve it. And <laughs> I think those are some bold statements as well. But what I really find interesting is that it kind of, um, the way they speak kind of also describes the way they play. Slavkovsky is a very flashy, you know, big statement, mm-hmm. big impact player. You know He's a loud them. player, very yeah. intense. Shane Wright is more methodical he's quiet but makes a statement in his play and it's interesting the way their personalities kind of show and and in their play style as well and i think that's i thought that was very interesting um to see there was also um some comments of course from logan cooley who they spoke to and I thought he he was phenomenal. Like he hit one quote. They asked. They said he had a message as well. I know there's a lot of noise in Montreal about which player you will will be selected first. If I'm your choice, you'll like me on and off the ice. I'm doing everything I can to be the best person I can be. It is important. Um, also, he was discussing shit. Sorry, my uh, my little document here is not enjoying the fact that I'm also on Zoom because my laptop's still <laughs> broken. But he said. Uh, they're asking, asking him a bunch of questions. He said, I believe, look, this is looking cool. I believe I've earned the chance to be the first player selected. I have shown steady progress over the past two years, and I firmly believe I have a wide range of things to offer Canadi- the Canadians. So it was kind of interesting. You had this, um, what, I don't, wouldn't want to say a war of words, but kind of all three trying to kind of sell themselves um, to the Canadians. There were other players they asked about the Habs as well, like Matthew Savoie, who said um, if he had the opportunity to be drafted by the Canadians, that would be a dream come true for him. Um, They were talking to a bunch of players, but you could tell kind of there are three players, because I I made a note of all the quotes I found interesting, these three in particular, they were the only three that really spoke to Habs fans. You know, they they Mm -hmm. all, I think all three of them believe realistically that they can go first overall. And all three of them want to go to the Habs. Right. Not, I don't think, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't, I don't think there's much of a um, discussion. I still think it's going to be Shane Wright, but I can't remember. And I do pay attention less when the Habs aren't drafting as highly, but I can't remember an instance where three guys were kind of 
appealing to an organization in the manner that these guys were at the combine. Okay. Um, all three guys, from what you said, I I love it. Uh, there's there's like a I mean every year there's a drive that you know like all these kids are passionate about what they're doing. But these three, well, mainly these two, and I feel bad for Logan Cooley. We never really looked deep into him, um, but um, you can just tell that it's there. Like, I love that they're very open about wanting the fans to know that they're they're in for any challenge. They understand where the team's at right now, and they're accepting of that challenge and ready to run with it. Um and maybe, maybe, maybe that's with every fucking dream of a first overall because it's normally with a shitty team and we normally don't pick fucking first overall. But I love the back and forth. It feels like between Shane Wright and Slavkovsky. Um, I don't want to put – I don't want to judge them as far as they're like this player or that player. But I really hope, like, whatever happens – I hope that they have a rivalry that is similar to um, to Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. And by no means am I trying to make those players those players. I'm just saying, like, even if it's it, on a smaller scale, I just hope that they're just competitive towards one another. Um, in that sense, it'd be sick if they if we if they were in the same division, which they won't be, but. Um, I just think we have a we have an opportunity to see a really good uh, battle for the next couple of years uh, between those those two guys, and and I'm all here for it. Um, I think be the three of them, and just because I can't I can't help myself, I wonder if um, Slavkovsky and Cooley in particular feel the need to sell themselves so much because they know one of them is going to be headed to Arizona. Hey, you know what? You know, honestly, <laughs> you, you, I mean, look. In all honesty, dude, like I think of of those two, I think Slavkovsky would be a great fit there, just because I his intensity feels like like yeah, he'd feel maybe like he he got struck a bad hand. But I don't think that this kid would let that affect how nasty he of a potential he could be on the ice. Like, see, I think though that Slavkovsky, what he strikes me at, he strikes me as a showtime kind of guy. That guy wants to be no, yeah, New yeah, he York, wants to, yeah, LA, he wants to play Montreal. somewhere massive. Uh, I, but I think, I think he, he he's a guy that thrives under the lights too. And I say that because I think a lot of what's gone against him is that most of his production, and I agree that's a valid argument, has come at these tournaments, the World Championships, the Olympics, the World mm -hmm. Juniors, right? But I think that also goes to show that when the games matter and you're under the brightest lights, Slavkovsky steps up. Yeah. And I think that's a very NHL projectable quality. And I think he will do better in, an, in, a, in a franchise like that, where like, I think in, if Safkowski, who I don't, I don't want the Habs to draft him first overall, but if he went to, to Montreal, I think his play would be better than if he went to Arizona, regardless of his teammates. No, I, I think, think I think so like, too. Because I think a guy I, like Logan Cooley mm -hmm. could doesn't matter, right? He's just kind of he's gonna play where he's gonna play. Yeah, I think I, I get what you're saying. I feel like Slav, like you're saying, like Slavkovsky would play. I don't want to say he would play any less better, but I think that it would put such a drive to play even harder if he played in a big market. Like I just think that he would hold he he's gonna hold himself to the the number one standard he could be. But I think if you threw him to the wolves of a massive market, it would only make him like improve that much faster. If that was you know if if this was his fate in the league, 
I think he's one of the few guys that could really like that a guy that won't crumble in a market like that. Yeah. Well, and he's the kind of guy like if those fucking snakes, Simone and Richard, come after him in Montreal, he doesn't give a shit. Who are they? I'm fucking Jurias Lavrovsky. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? I'm Showtime. You write about me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's yeah. that guy's yeah. mentality. And I think to a certain extent, however, that's also Shane Wright. Just in a much less... Yeah, just on a different... <laughs> it's less belligerent. He's I, less belligerent I, about I it. honestly less feel like they're the yin and yang of each other. Like he's the cool side of the pillow and Slavkovsky's just this hot, you know, hot headed. Like, I just feel like, yeah. like if you put them on a, on a pendulum scale, they're just dead even. Like they're just the complete opposites of each other in it. But also, but also the same. Yeah, all, exactly. Like, uh, I forgot my wife, my wife always has a saying that's like very similar to that. Like it's, you're the opposite of me. We're, we're on the other side, but like together we literally are the same being just on the different uh, spectrum of it. <laughs> Excuse me. Jesus. I couldn't even, I didn't even have enough time to mute that. So that's, I'm sorry for the audio spike for y'all that's coming. Um, no, I love it. I, I, I honestly hope, that because they're so similar and because they're probably going to go one and two overall, that there's just a bit of rivalry sparked between them because it's, it's inter honestly going to be something fun to watch for years to come. Um, and I just really hope for the best for both players, even Logan Cooley, I think Logan Cooley and it, it's on me uh, for him falling in the shadows a little bit. I hope he's just as impressive too. Like just trying to show that, like, look, like I know I'm not one of the big three. Well, I mean, one of the big two guys being talked about, and and I know he is in Canada. I know he is in Canada because people were saying that it's Logan Cooley over Shane Wright for a while. But in my head, you know, I know that there's got to be people like me out there that didn't do as much research or didn't have an opportunity to do it. He's going to impress a lot of people as well. And I think he's going to be a, like a, not a sleeper because he's probably going to go, you know, third overall, second or third overall. But um, I think he's quietly going to impress a lot of people that wasn't, didn't do their research, I guess. Well, I'll be honest. I, I haven't heard any of the Logan Cooley over Shane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, debates i guess but i do think that shane like logan cooley's the second the second best player in this draft i do believe so mm-hmm. i just don't think he's going overall because you look at new jersey like that's the perfect fit for slavkovsky they don't need a center mm-hmm. they have jack who jack hughes they have nico Hischer. um they've got another young a young center who's slipping my mind. Slavkovsky's gonna play with one of those guys and right. terror. Like that'll be perfect, right? So I just think by design, if you're Logan Cooley, you're going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm headed to the desert, right? Um but I honestly but yeah, no, this is I think that kid could really strive there. Like I know. think he would do well there. He strikes me as a very calm and collected person. Like, I, I didn't do enough research on him. Um, but just from his interview, like what you were telling me, like, it sounds like no matter where you're going to put him, he's going to find a way to, you know, to to find his rhythm there and, and hopefully bring a team around it. Honestly, like, you know, I'm sure Arizona wants first, first uh, I'm sure they want more than third, you know, but they're not going to get a bad pick. They're, any any one of these three guys is going to be a great fit for them, whether it's, you know, whether they have, you know, they're the right player at the time. But any of these three guys seem like they'll go through a fucking wall for whatever organization they, they get thrown their way. And not just because they have, have to, like I think just skill-wise on its own. We might have lost a year and a half worth of like really seeing what these kids' development could have, you know, like they, there's that asterisk. But I think these are going to be exceptional kids because they're going to be 
a, a piece of that chosen few. Now, granted, everyone that comes after them for the next like two years, three years is going to have the same, you know, experience. Oh, well, I missed out that year. So I'm extra passionate. But the people that affect the most are like the guys that were drafted last year and the guys that are drafted this year, because this was such a pivotal moment in their, you know, in their draft eligibility or, or where they'll go. I think that you're going to see a tremendous amount of drive from these last two uh, draft classes because because of how special they realize hockey is for them in its own and, and being lost to it because of a, a disease that affected the world that, you know, like shut everything down. Um, I just think that this could be one of those classes that I'm not going to say that like, you know, like the 03 class or the, you know, like any of like the, the legendary classes, but the 03 class, the one that biz is always talking mad about, you know, like I, I know there's better ones and shit, um, I just thought of Biz because I'm looking at his goofy ass fucking face right now um, with, his, with his shaved head. But I think the kids from this class are going to be true grinders for the simple fact that like a, a good chunk of their you know development was taken from them. So all they want to do is like they, or they, they, they saw how important hockey was in their life. So like the kids that really shine in this in these two or, you know, the next two or three is going to be like unreal. Okay. Maybe yeah, maybe I that's maybe is, that's just fucking out of this world fucking crazy. But I'll be honest, you, you kind of lost me a little bit. <laughs> a well, little I'm, bit. I'm sure but, I lost everyone. I, I guess in a simpler f- fashion, uh to to lose something that is so important to you and all you can do is sit back and hope that you can get it back. And then when it finally comes back, you're just so grateful and appreciative to be back doing what you love that your growth and your, your heart towards it are like tenfold better. Like, I just think that like their, their ceiling just got that much higher because they lost so much time from their love. You're you're trying to say that they're going to have a lot of drive to improve. Thank you. You're trying to say, yeah. Thank you. I don't know if there's there's a generational superstar in this draft like there are in others. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's going to be a lot of very solid NHL players in this draft. Um, Moving on, however, but before we do so, um, first, quickly, a message from our friends at DraftKings, I believe. That's right, right, Mr. Robot. Hockey fans, the pursuit... For the Stanley Cup is on and drafting sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports, period. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's win or lose. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs with DraftKings same same game parlays, you can do just that. You can create your own parlays by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot in an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Beautifully done. Am I still? Uh, no, you're you're a lot better. I, I'm going to do my best to trim trim the fat on some of that. Um, you kind of went. Uh, <laughs> Kind of went a little staticky for a bit, but no, you sound fine. Um, All right, well, let's move swiftly onwards while my audio is still acceptable. Um, the Evander Kane hit on Kadri. Uh, do you just want to jump right into that? Sure, like that sure. was sure. Uh, I fucking obscene. You know, I was watching it with Dave. Um, at the Dave Palace, and um, that's a tough hit. 
Um, I think both players are capable of hits like that. And that was Dave's whole thing was I was like, I'm feeling sympathetic to Kadri. He's had an unreal season. He's he was like you could just kind of like Tom Wilson, you know, like at any moment the fucking it, it could snap and then he's getting another seven game and up suspension. Um, but I think Kadri has really taken strides to, to, to move away from that type of player. Um, and he gets hit like that in what I believe to be easily an MVP of the playoffs candidate year. And now he's out for the rest of the, for the rest of the playoffs with an undisclosed injury. Uh, if anything, I'm sure he fucked his arm up because that looked like initial impact or, or maybe I don't his think, shoulder. I don't think they studied they didn't say he's out for the playoffs. They said they, he's out for the series. Hopefully it's just the series then. Um I could have sworn because I, I, I was could be something mistaken, earlier. But I, I I'm I positive saw the, it's just like they, they haven't Okay. Well let let's hope so because he's Go been ahead. absolutely unreal. Um but like I was saying though, like Dave couldn't get over the fact that and and honestly look folks like he really doesn't deserve the remorse because of like some of the really fucked up shit he's done in the past but Dave was like you know what if anything that's karma like this dude has had this coming for so long and it it obviously had to come when his game has changed for the better and and he's like a significant difference maker out there and it fucking happens you know, I another grimy player. Okay. Are you disagreeing with totally Dave disagree. or you disagreeing with, with me? Audrey. You hate him? I'd love him on our team. Uh, whoever said whoever said that this is karma, because I'll be honest, I you you know, I can't stand Nazem Kadri, <laughs> but I never want to see anyone take a fucking – like, I don't care. Like, I think Kadri's a little weasel. I think he's thrown some stupid hits. But honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen Nazem Kadri try to end someone's career like that. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. Matt Cook, okay? If Matt Cook went face first into the broke boards and broke his jaw, broke his face, I wouldn't give a shit. That guy deserved it, okay? There are some grimy players out there that intend to injure people. I don't think Nazem Kadri has ever wanted to end someone's career like that. Hmm. Okay. Um, I agree. <laughs> if it was Matt Cook, I'd be like, well, he definitely deserved that. Um, I'm in, I'm in no way saying I mean, that. I don't you- think uh, Kadri was not deserving of it. Um, I guess I'm just starting to, Fuck, maybe maybe we can just call it sympathetic because of fantasy, uh, fantasy hockey. But I've I didn't have Kadri this year. I had him last year. Um, really impressed by his game, and honestly impressed at the strides he is taking to to be a difference maker uh, offensively <laughs> than you know uh, just playing a, a, a weird non needed enforcer role. Um, I don't know. I don't so know. I, I, I'm going to stay on my side. What's what's that? I I, I, I cut out. I'm sure you noticed. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear any of what you said. All you said, all I heard. I don't was, know if you heard me. <laughs> I filled it uh, in with some audio. I'm yeah. guys. I'm. I can. I can hear I'm you. You have Like trust. Me. <laughs> There's Old no one more tough than me. I don't know what I sound like right now. I hear Corey talking, so I don't know if you can hear me. I can. But we can I hear guess. you, but you are a little in and out at some points. But uh, it's well, really I'm just gonna. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna end my podcast here. I don't know if Corey <laughs> wants to fill it in, but I'll, uh, I'm gonna leave with my final. My final note being. Fuck you, Bell. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Uh, I will never, I don't care if this ruins a sponsorship in the future. I will never, ever fucking advocate for you. You garbage fucking company. 
piece of shit humans. Fuck you. I'm out. Well, I guess that was our Bell Let's Talk segment. <laughs> well, Mason, we really appreciate uh, everything you do for this fucking show. And uh, we know you're, de- you're, you're dealing with trying times without your, uh, your audio. But um, I guess, you know, if you're, if you're afraid of the roboticness um, and the kid just cares a lot about his audio quality, which I mean, so do I. Um, he's been dealt a bad hand and is doing his absolute best. But um, I stand on my side. I do feel sympathetic towards him. I do think he was deserving of it, in a, but not not in a sense that like <laughs> that, that could have ended his career. I didn't want that for him. But I, I do feel like there's a lot of cheap shots that he's well-earned coming his way um but maybe maybe it's because i i really want to see colorado move on and i know that having uh nazim kadri against um tampa bay or new york is going to be i wouldn't say the difference maker but a massive a massive help um and i hate it because if mason uh no not here anymore as I say, because if Mason was here, I would have loved to talk a little bit about the New York series. I was so, uh, I don't want to say anti-New York. I really didn't think they were going to get it done. Uh, game two of that series, I believe they shut them out, which is awesome. They destroyed that streak that Tampa Bay was on. Tampa Bay has definitely lost some links in their chain, and it's showing and I wish this was the year we played them. I really do. Um, it is what it is. No. There he is. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Fucking New York's the biggest fraud of an organization. <laughs> they haven't deserved to win either fucking round. They, they were, they had like a, I think Pittsburgh's based on analytics had like a 76% chance of winning that series. And they fucking lost. Carolina played, totally outplayed them. They've played, Three games against the fucking starting NHL goalie. They got fucking lucky that Shashirkin's fucking holding them on by their fucking shoestrings. It's ridiculous. They're going to – what's going to happen? They're going to fucking beat Tampa. They're going to go to the final, and the Colorado Avalanche are going to fucking sweep them. They're going to rob us of Tampa versus Colorado, and they're going to shit the bed. Because that's – the no, no, no. The Rangers are the biggest chokers in the fucking league. If they couldn't win with Henrik Lundqvist, they cannot win with fucking Shesterkin. Absolutely not. <laughs> All I care about, Mason, is that Tampa Bay goes home the same way Florida did. I just don't want to see Tampa lose to New York because New York's – like, I just can't – I can't accept that New Dude, York is going to make the Stanley Cup final. I, I had the same passion as you had last year. I was saying Montreal needs to play the best to be the best. And that's not what I care about. This isn't for the abs. I, I just don't you. respect shit hockey doing well. It's like when Dallas made the final. Like, fuck off. You guys suck. How are you here? I'm sure it's how teams felt about us last year. I want to see best on best Tampa Bay versus Colorado. I want to see McKinnon versus Stamkos, Kucherov. I don't want to see McKinnon against fucking Mika Zabinijad, who is a phenomenal player, but come on. You, you want to go from McKinnon versus McDavid to fucking McKinnon versus Mika Zabinijad? Absolutely not. Nope. No, I'm just real spiteful to that team. And if the Rangers do Bay. win, I'm spiteful too, but the problem is if the Rangers get past Tampa and then they win against Colorado with Pavel Francouz, they've played one team with a starting goalie. <laughs> I would, I would like, throw a rampage. I would throw right. <laughs> It'd be the biggest fraud of an NHL Stanley Cup you'd, win ever. You'd bring the, the truckers back to, not to Ottawa. <laughs> I would fucking send them to New York. <laughs> Send them down to Manhattan. Oh Lord! Although actually, none of them could probably none of them could probably get across the border because they're not vaccinated. But <laughs> life finds. Oh Jesus! Um, 
Look, man, I just want to see Colorado fucking hoist the cup this year, honestly, or or the Oilers. Um, but I I I really don't see that the Oilers look. They're looking tough, and Colorado is looking really good. Um, I was honestly, as we record this, um, Andre Palat scores the winning goal um, to have Tampa Bay, you know, get get won on the series. But they, I don't know, I kind of fell asleep on the game a little bit. They were in it, but. I just feel like there's something off and, and, you know, we're going to hear about it in the off season and all that, but all in all, I just think, you know, that regardless of what Mason's saying, <laughs> the Rangers have found it right now. And they are getting Delta a pretty lucky hand and he would go ballistic if they moved on. But either way, I think Colorado with or without Nazem Kadri can surpass the Oilers. They're, they're proving it. But I don't think this Tampa Bay team, if they're playing like they are against the Rangers right now, it's not hap- It's not happening against Colorado. And I feel the same way with the Rangers. I think the Rangers are playing good. I think Shesterkin has had an unreal season, but I don't think Shesterkin has met a force that is as deadly as Colorado right now. And I know that they're playing Tampa Bay, and that sounds hilarious because Tampa Bay has done it two years in a row, but that team is not playing like the two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champions right now, whereas the Colorado Avalanche are sitting in the offensive zone cycling like I've never seen before. It's been unreal. Yes, Yesterday's game, which was, in fact, for y'all, Saturday's game, because it's just going to sound stupid, but Saturday's game was unreal to watch. They've done this for the past three games against them. It was Hilarious seeing Biz get his head shaved finally. But poor Mason got lagged out. I'm getting text messages of just all caps angries. So I'm just going to end her right here. I just want to say on his behalf, because this was his intro day. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. This has been Habs Nightly. If you like what you hear, please give us a follow on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. Don't forget, you can send us, uh, y'all can send us a up to 90 second long voicemail on our SpeakPipe account. That's www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs Nightly. Um, leave us a comment. We will play it and then answer it on air uh, if it's a question. Uh, those are awesome during the off season when we're a little low on things to talk about. But once again, folks, this has been Habs Nightly. We cannot wait to talk to you guys again on Thursday. We love y'all. <laughs>